Hope you've had a phenomenal weekend. Enjoy the Independence Day and good family time and lots of food. You know, freedom is a great, great privilege. And there are many that have gone before to make it possible for us. And in Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 14, it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread to the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It says that Jesus went into the synagogue. They handed him the scroll of Isaiah and he found the exact spot. And he read this quote about 750 years before Jesus was born. And he said, this is talking about me. This prophecy that you read about, it's fulfilled today, here and now. And the people were amazed. You know, how can this be? What a privilege, what an incredible time to hear somebody say, yeah, this verse in the Bible is talking about me. I mean, you put yourself in that situation and go, what would that sermon have been like? And Jesus said, he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to release the oppressed. Jesus said, that's my role. That's my mission. I'm coming to give you freedom. And you read over in the book of John, he had arguments with the Pharisees. And they're like, we've never been slaves to anybody. And, of course, they forgot about living in Egypt under Pharaoh. And um, But sometimes... We're that way. We lose perspective on where we're really at. And we think, I've got freedom. I mean, why do I need Jesus to give me freedom? I already have it. I live in a free country. I can do what I please. I have freedom. But in the spiritual realm, it works very different. And over in Galatians chapter 5, Paul's talking to the church, and they are battling with what kind of life they're going to live. They become Christians, but they're from a background that was Jewish, and they're in danger of going back to the, the lifestyle that must perform. You've got to live according to the law, and if you can't measure up, you're not going to make it in. And Paul tells them in verse 1, he says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, 
And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You say, what a verse. You go, wait, so Jesus freed them, but they're going to go back into slavery again. And I think for you and I, we appreciate our freedom, but we really don't have much of a reference point because we've had freedom our whole life. And I, I know going over to Russia on a regular basis in the last 25 years has, has been an unbelievable change of life. You know, Julian talked about being able to see the first elections in Iraq and he saw, you know, the Orange Revolution in the Ukraine. And you're just, you're thinking about, wow, here's a, a country where they grew up and they were restricted and now all of a sudden they have freedoms. You would really appreciate it then. But Jesus says it's possible to be made free by him and go back and give that freedom all away. He says, stand firm. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. One of the most important things about the concept of spiritual freedom this morning is understand you completely have a choice. You know, there's certain things in life that that you don't have a choice. But Paul says, no, this is a decision that you make. Do not let yourself be burdened again. That the reality is you're free if you're in Christ. But we can actually make choices to give up the freedom that Jesus died for. I remember as a kid growing up in Iowa mowing uh, yards. And... We would mow neighbors' yards because they would, they would uh, you know, pay you to do that. And some of them you had to bring your own lawnmower over. Sometimes they had a lawnmower. And I remember once one of the neighbors had this old lawnmower and they had a hilly yard. And, you know, and you're pushing this thing and it is so heavy. And you get done mowing and, and uh, the guy came out and he said, hey, thank you. And I go, man, that's the heaviest mower I have ever pushed around a yard. And he goes, well, actually, it moves pretty smooth. And I go, well, not for me. I must have been doing something wrong. And he goes, well, you know, it's self-propelled, right? No, I didn't realize that that's what that lever was for. So I mowed the whole lawn without using the power that was already in there. But that can be like the Christian life. Jesus dies and he sets us free. And we now have the ability to make choices that weren't on the table before. And we can slug through life, burdened again by spiritual slavery. And Jesus says, no, 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 I made you free. Don't make those choices. That's not why I died on the cross for you. In Ephesians chapter 3, turn over there. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 12. Paul says, In Christ and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Freedom and confidence. Say, I don't know how you're wired emotionally. 
I don't know what your prayer life is like. I don't know how you would describe your relationship with God. Do those two words ring true? Freedom and confidence? You go, oh yeah, every time I read my Bible, every time I bow my knees to pray, every time I go on a prayer walk, freedom and confidence, that's how I live, that's what I feel. You know what? Too often that's not how it is in our society. You go, well, I don't pray that much because I feel like a failure. I feel like I don't measure up. I feel like I let God down. I feel like He doesn't want to hear from me. I feel accused. I feel guilty. You know, Paul says, in Christ and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. The reality of our relationship with God is something that can only be experienced by faith. I mean, can you imagine after me hearing uh, from the homeowner that the mower was self-propelled? And me going, well, I'm going to mow it again next week. And then not using it because I go, I just don't believe that that switch is going to do any good at all. And I know if I try and use that switch and then it doesn't happen, I'm going to feel like a failure. I'm going to feel like a loser. And then he let me down. So I'm not going to flick that switch because I don't want to risk it. You go, Ron, just trust him. Just, just try the lever. You go, well, hey, our mower at home was not self-propelled. Now, you know when we got a self-propelled lawnmower and a snowblower? Once we left home after high school. We used to always say, Dad, let's get a snowblower. Let's stop the old-fashioned way of shoveling. And he'd go, I don't need to buy a snowblower. I got three of them. That was the son's. But if I was to do that, you'd go, Ron, what, what are you doing? You're making life so difficult. This is self-propelled lawnmower. Just use the switch. Yeah, but I've never experienced that before, and I just can't believe that this would do that. He says, no, it's, it's through faith. You say, I want to have an amazing relationship with God. Oh, it can happen through faith. You cannot let your own feelings define your reality. At some point, we have to stop and go, my freedom is my choice as a Christian. The reality was made possible in Christ. And as Paul told the church in Galatia, he goes, don't let yourself be burdened again by slavery. Don't let Satan do that to you. Don't let society put that back on you. No, Jesus died to get rid of all that. So you can live life the way God created you for. I mean, who doesn't want freedom? If you've ever been in a situation where you were restricted, you go, well, I'd feel claustrophobic. I don't like this. It's rigid. I want to be able to make other choices. You know, the irony of our spiritual life is the more we do things God's way, the more freedom we actually experience. 
And uh, go back to Galatians chapter 5. Because sometimes we mistake freedom in Christ as freedom from Christ. No, it's two very different things. As a Christian, you have a freedom to live life the way that God called you to. But you don't have a freedom as a Christian to live life whatever way you want to live. And if we do that, it ends up restricting our freedom. In verse 13, Paul says this, chapter 5. You, my brothers, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. You know, Paul just kind of lays it out. He goes, oh yeah, you got freedom. But you know what you should do with your freedom? Serve one another in love. He said, don't indulge the sinful nature. He said, serve one another in love. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, what's amazing is that sometimes what we equate to freedom is self-centered living. Because, see, I have the freedom to indulge and, and make my life better. But Paul says, no, when you live for yourself, you actually restrict yourself. And when you love others, you experience a freedom in a whole different way of how you live your life. You go, well, that doesn't seem right. That seems like backwards. So, if I live for other people, then I'm more free. Yes. So, we have freedom. We have freedom to choose what words come out of our mouth. We cannot say, oh, but I didn't, I didn't mean that. Because the Bible says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if it came out, it's because it was already on the inside. We have the freedom to choose what our actions are. We can choose what we look at on TV, on the computer. We choose what we drink. We choose our schedule. We choose how we spend our money. We choose our values. We choose our friends. We choose our priorities. We have all kinds of freedoms. But is the exercise of your freedom producing greater spiritual freedom in your life? Or do you feel like the walls are closing in? You know, Mike was telling me about their outdoor service and he was... Uh, told me what a great job uh, Tim did with the sermon. And then he was just sharing. He goes, you would have been so proud of Wes. Wes shared around the Lord's Supper. And he just shared openly about how when he started studying the Bible, that, that his issue was forgiveness. And when he realized that and made a decision, how his whole life opened up. 
But it boiled down to a choice that he had to make that ultimately gave him the freedom, the reality that was already in Christ. But without that choice, without taking responsibility, he wasn't experiencing it. He said, what are we facing in our life right now? What do we feel restricted by? Is there any areas of our life where God is not welcome? See, He needs to be welcome in all the parts of our life, not just most of it. But I don't know if your freedom has ever been threatened. I don't know if it's ever been taken away. But there is a very real battle for your freedom that goes on in your life every single day day. And what's amazing is the choice that we have. You know, as a Christian, it cannot be taken away from us against our will. We can only give our freedom away. You say, well, who would do such a thing? Anybody that chooses to indulge in this sinful nature. You know, Paul says there's not, you know, a choice in between. You say, well, then what do I do if I feel like I'm just not experiencing the freedom I want to? You know, Paul says, serve one another in love. Just love other people. Just spend your time serving others. And Paul says, you'll experience more freedom. You say, but I'm already tired. If I serve people, then I'm going to be tireder. Yeah, but you'll be tired and free. Yeah, that's a whole lot better than rested and imprisoned. Yeah, I don't know if anybody in here has ever spent a night in jail. Hopefully not. But if you have, you got all day long to rest. You don't feel tired. You got nowhere to be. You know, that's that's not the way we want to live. But spiritually, that's the choice that we face each and every day. You know, I, I want to experience freedom. Serve one another in love. What does that look like? It takes action. It takes planning. Cook a meal, be hospitable, write a card, make phone calls, drive over, do something, serve, find out what the needs are and meet a need. You know, I appreciate the counselors and the staff that are going up to youth camp. They're serving. You know, almost all of them are taking vacation time. To go and minister to our kids. You know, I jokingly told one of the counselors, this is going to be his first time going as a counselor. But he goes, well, how do you think I should prepare? I go, just sleep a lot the week before. I said, you will have an absolute blast, but you'll be tired when you come back. Um, it's, they're just serving And they're going to come back so fired up about the week that they experienced. 
oh, the kids are going to have a great time. But it's life-changing for those who go to serve. It's an incredible experience. You go, yeah, but they got very little sleep and they worked hard all day. Yeah, but you know what? They're going to come back and go, that was amazing. And that's just the way it works. Serve one another in love. Go over to James chapter 1. We get more insight on how to experience this freedom. Verse 22 Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Say, so what's he talking about here? Well, I got a question for you. Here's, here's a little self-test. What were the scriptures in last Sunday's service? If you had to take a test right now and write down all the verses that were used and what the practical applications were, could you do it right now? How about another part of the test? Let's, let's make it easy. Two days ago, Friday, July 4th, Independence Day. What did you study in your Bible and how did it change your life? You're going to write it down right now and you're going to change it with the person in front of you and say, here's how my life changed because what I studied on Friday, I mean, it was the Word of God. This is why I'm a different person today. I mean, that's just like 48 hours ago, right? That's, that's easy. I mean, only two days. Last Sunday, that was the whole week. Say, so how would we do on the test? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. You know, it's good that you're here. You know, we got a great sound system. Great people operating the sound system so that it makes it possible for you to hear the Word of God. But what do you do with it? Does a sermon really affect your life? Does a quiet time, your personal Bible study, does it really change how you live the next 24 hours? See, because the point is not on judgment day, hey, did you read your Bible every day? Yep. Read it. Looked at the words on the page. I did. I scanned them. Oh, good. That's all I want. Oh, you looked at the words? Perfect. Now, what's the point for us? To put it into practice. And so where does freedom come into play? It says, it says, who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. It's the putting it into practice. It's the obedience to what it says that provides the freedom. You want to take away 
your freedom in Christ? Just sin. That's all you have to do. It's straightforward. Just don't put the Bible into practice. Just make excuses. Rationalize it. Justify it. That's all you have to do. Or better yet, do nothing. It takes no effort at all. Say, but what will you experience? The walls spiritually will start closing in. Your Christianity will feel unfulfilled. I won't get anything out of church. I mean, why am I even coming? My life's not changing. I'm not growing. I'm not getting closer to God. Are you obeying the word of God? That's what James says. All of us, I'm sure, looked at a mirror this morning, so we understand the analogy. We looked at a mirror. How do we look? What's our hair like? Or makeup if you wear it. And the ladies, you got to use your makeup face that looks something like this. Because somehow going helps you put mascara on. Did not grow up with sisters, so I learned that when I got married. So you stand in front of the mirror and go. We need to have a Bible face. Say, what's a Bible face? It's, I don't know. But whatever it is, we put into practice what we're reading. We got some. Every time we open the Word of God, we should walk away with something. Now, do not do this. I found 50 things from today's sermon that I'm going to change. 50 equals zero. Find one or maybe two. But have something that you saw in the spiritual mirror and said, I'm going to live differently because of what I read. He says it's the perfect law that gives freedom. The more you obey, the more freedom you experience. Now, isn't that the exact opposite of what the world tells you? The world says, no, you need to obey less to enjoy freedom. Because if you're obeying, then it's not your convictions, it's something else's, and you're not being real and true to who you are. No, the Bible says you obey what it says, and you experience freedom. Jesus died to give you freedom. Jesus died so you can live without all the wrong kind of restrictions and live with purpose, fulfilled, growing, mature, Christ-like, tired, but fired up. Satan wants the exact opposite. Say, what's he whispering in your ear right now? You know what? God gave Adam and Eve freedom. They lived in paradise. And you know what Satan told them? Oh, you really want freedom? You've got to eat that fruit. Because you're not really experiencing freedom because you don't know what it's like to know good and evil. Satan's fighting for your freedom too. But the problem is after we find out our freedom's been taken away, 
It's too late. That's why Jesus died on the cross. So that we can live free. Say, what choices do you need to make this morning? What's your personal Bible study going to look like? If you're visiting with us, it's great to have you here. Talk to somebody who brought you and say, study the Bible with me. I want to know what it says. I I want to be able to look in that spiritual mirror so I can know that I'm obeying what it says and not just think I am or feel that I am. Because I want to experience that freedom. I want to have the kind of relationship with God where those words confidence and freedom, oh yeah, that's how I would describe my prayer life. It's awesome. Jesus said, you know that passage in Isaiah? That's talking about me. I came to bring freedom for the oppressed. He goes, that's that's why I'm here. And he died on the cross for you. He paid the price. The reality is in Christ you are free. But we can give it up by choice. Don't make those choices. Today, as we have opportunity, let's live as free women and free men. Battle for the freedom is not easy. And it's one that you're going to face every day, whether you want to or not. You can't escape the battle. It's just going to boil down to what you choose. This Independence Day weekend, we're grateful for the nation we live in. We need to be even more grateful for the Savior that we have as Christ Jesus and the freedom that He provides. Let's make good decisions. Let's turn our life around if we need to. And let's experience the freedom, the true freedom found in Christ. Let's stand as we close in one final song.